0: mm <laughs> mm Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and we love sharing our platform with women leaders in the health IT space. Today, we have a guest host, Kat McDavid from Incentive Communications, interviewing Natanya Watchell, co-founder and COO of Evermore. They had a great conversation about how to pick yourself up after having a personal life crisis. And I don't want to spoil it for you, so enjoy the listen.
1: All right. So today we're talking about personal life crises and how to get through them. And I feel like this is a big topic for a lot of our viewers. A lot of people will come in and say, oh my gosh, I'm having this crisis and I don't know what I want to do anymore. And especially after you've experienced some success in life. And our guest today, Natanya Wachtel, has experienced quite a bit of success, at least from my perspective. So when she reached out and was talking to me about some of the things that she's gone through and how she's gone through them and offered to talk about it, I was so grateful because we hear a lot about people having crises. I don't feel like we hear a lot about how people get through them and what happens next. So Natanya, let's get into it. Tell us about your crisis. (laughs) <laughs> all right,
2: all right, all right, all right. So the topic of a personal or existential crisis, however you would like to call it, is is near and dear to me. For me personally, it's in part, honestly, where everything kind of fell apart. But it's also where a journey started. Really happy, I you know embarked upon, and the like. The falling down for me was actually where I kind of was able to stand up and step into my power for the first time truly and not sort of an imposter syndrome way. Mm. And it affected all aspects of my life, not just career, life. And you know, to try and live, for lack of a better word, an intentional life with purpose. And that actually brought me, even though I felt like a, a deeper goal, it actually brought me a lightness and Mm. mind-body and not to get too... (laughs) I love it. I'm into it. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's the beginning. You you just have this realization that, you know, who am I? (laughs) That's a big one. Who am I? And questioning everything about your old self and all your motivations and your desires and your goals and your personality, the basic tenets of how you see yourself, how others see you, how all the different selves that we are in our different ways of life. And for me, COVID exacerbated it, but I had some other catalysts that, you know, are unique to me, but not unique in terms of a lot of people have all of these kinds of things. But essentially, when you get to that precipice of questioning everything, you know, a lot of the things that you thought mattered fall to the wayside. And that, in and of itself, is also scary because you put time, energy, resources, money, relationships—all of those things—maybe on hold or in shift based on what you thought you were going towards. And some part of you is like, "Nah, not that anymore." It's sort of, you know, it's really difficult to like double back around it, especially if you're a bit of a partially Type A type of person that doesn't like to to give up. So basically, it can be a dark time, but it's, I think. From my perspective, at least, there's truly light on the other side and and that's worth it. That's worth pushing through. So, you know, this is my first time
1: talking openly about well, this. Well, I think, you know, thank you on behalf of everyone, right? Because again, this is a big deal that no one really, really talks about. People kind of go into their dark hole, maybe choose better living through chemistry. They they do a lot of yoga, like, but but we we really don't hear a lot about the journey. And just to ground everyone in how, in my perception of you, right? When I met you, I was, you know, kind of like what I, what I thought of as a rising leader at a PR agency. And you were running your own th- You had gone it on your own. You were like an expert in pharma marketing and communications. You like knew everybody, and you. I think you you had just had twins, and you had an older child, and you were just like crushing it. And so to like to hear that you've gone through this is kind of like, first of all, it's like oh shit, is that going to happen to me? (laughs) Second, right? Like what happened, right? And then so tell us, like, tell us how you got through it. Tell us what you did.
2: Yeah. So thank you for all those kind words, which is still awkward to hear. So. I think one of the things that's important to also say is that for me, I wasn't in a place of failure when this started. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if you're a CEO or just starting out out of school or what have you, to start to have those feelings creep in. You could also, I mean, again, cliches, apologize around midlife crisis is like a typical time. You know, life stages can kind of make you shift, whether they're transitional and you're a young person, you know, thinking about college or you're not, you don't go to college, but you're on your first career or you go to college and you're, you're deciding you will go go to graduate school or whatever it is. All these types of life stage change times are, are a time for that. And, For me, I went through all of those without questioning why and did I want the things that either I had an aptitude for or that came to me Hmm. because they seem like the right thing to do. And practicality also, you know, financial solvency, all the things that push you down a path. You're good at that. Do that. You get encouragement. You get the attaboy. Way to go, gal. Feels good. You make some money. You make some money and you give back and you help other people and feel that feels good. And people look up to you and you mentor. And for me, I, I had, you know, staff. I had employees that I treated, including your sister, that right. I treated, you know, felt like were family to me. You know, I, I didn't even like being called the boss. Not that I wasn't ever bossy, but, you know, don't (laughs) like to be... No, I I really tried to to view, you know, working relationships as partnerships, intellectual and otherwise. That takes a lot out of you. I also had to fail at a lot of things. And I'm okay to say that now. I think I used to try and sweep those things under the rug. Like, I'm a failed therapist. (laughs) Because I couldn't separate, you know, the feelings as well as I could have. And they kind of crept into my daily life and affected my sleep and things like that. Mm. But I felt like, oh... I want to help people, but I'm not good at it. Or then I, you know, went into pharma under the patient side as an advocate to do things that help people with chronic diseases. And then I was, you know, caught up in the corporate swirl and feeling like, does this really matter? Is this actually helping anybody, you know, or am I just helping myself? And, you know, I'm not saying that I did selfish things for a 20 year career, but, you know, I, I did a lot of things along the way, but, you know, some things gave me pause. And for me there, it was a physical thing that kind of had me shut down and (laughs) didn't feel well. And I was like, had some time with myself. (laughs) That was the beginning. And I think there's something that we wrote in email that I'd like to mention too, which is there's also, I think a bit of a stigma and a shame attached to taking pause or saying, I'd like to step away from this big successful thing that apparently people admire and it's supposed to be so great. And if you're not feeling it, like that's okay. And mm. I don't know if I had ever given myself the permission to do that, especially if it's you know. I would always say, don't leave your job until you have your next job. To ever, anyone, I'd ever advise or speak. yeah. And here I am, like I don't know what I want. I don't even know if I want to be in this industry. So I'm going to just stop. I'm going to, for me, I had to like kind of worry about some of the staff and and make sure everybody, so that it took a while, you know, like six months, but in that time. And I also wanted to work on the me that's like in here and, and just like that I am with my family, that I am with my friends, you know, like the fact that I would celebrate that I washed my hair
1: because I was like, wow, look at that I time for myself. Oh my gosh. I know you said you're a bad therapist, but I feel like you're kind of giving me a therapy session right now because these are oh, all things well, that I'm- well, I'm, I'm, I'm going i still, through. I think, yeah. <laughs> I still, I still
2: have, you know, I do still have a practice and what I shifted was a focus from trauma, which is where mm. I was. I think that was a bit too acute mm. and intense. And now I partner with people who can who can work through those types of things. And I focus on more sort of positive psychology, motivational, uplifting type of therapy you know, there could be, you know, depression and other underlying things or or things going on for a person at the time, but, you know, sort of in a place where they're ready to kind of reset and reshift. And so that requires a sort of a mental stability and a a bit of manageability. And I shouldn't say that as if like anybody's life goes on hold, but the ability to actually realistically take a step in a different direction. Mm. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, I guess would be if, if it was like a client where, where I would start and make sure that, you know, it was real because right. you can also do the self-talk. That's very important, but it can also be a little bit of lying to yourself. So there's that. So there's like three little things, you know, Yeah. that I'd say I held on to, which is be honest with yourself about what makes you happy and what doesn't. And then maybe even write it down. It seems really silly, mm-hmm. but just like, without a filter, as authentically as you can, write it down. And those things you write down may be completely unrelated to what you think should be your job. And that mm-hmm. is the kind of talk that I think that's 10 scary. years ago, I would have laughed at that and just been like, well, that's like, all right, that's really nice, but let yeah. not that's, Well,
1: that's scary. That's scary because right now I'm thinking, what are the things that I wrote down were contrary to what I'm currently doing and feeling like I'm crushing, right? Like that is scary. That's a scary thing to do.
2: It's so, and it's so banal too. Like, it's not like a big deal. You can write it on a post-it. You can write it on your hand. You can, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, this is not the new pieces. Like, and it's also not, it's the the flu. And then two is, I guess, embrace the fluidity. So the flow, right? So that this is time. We experience time so, in such a linear way, most of our lives and we're racing the clock. We're racing the clock. So I basically feel that I hacked time. In in that, I mean, I was able to experience time in a different way and not think about it as the limiting factor around an idea. Hmm. So like, I would like to do this other thing, but I'm too old. I would like to do this other thing, but there's no time for those certifications. I'd like to do this other thing, but I don't have enough time to meet with the people or whatever that may be, right? Right. Because in our given day, especially, you know, the audience for, for this talk specifically, you know, whether you're a parent or not, but if you're a career person, you know, all the layers around fighting time is maybe subconsciously hmm. dictating how we spend the time that we have. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's like when you start to free yourself from the alerts on your phone, it's the same kind of idea about the, the constraints of, of time in terms of like thinking about where you'd like to go.
1: Okay, so you were having kind of physical manifestations of of this crisis. Let's just keep calling it a crisis, right? I mean, well, I have that too, right? I uh, instead of like my mind just like blowing up on me, I get terrible back cramps. I wake up in the night and see spiders all over my room, right? Like all those kinds of things, right? And I'm just like, it's fine. I'm just stressed out. It's okay. I'll like take a bath later, and I never deal with like the real issue at hand. And I know I've talked to a lot of other people that have that same problem, right? They have high resilience or something, right? And they can power through, but their bodies just fundamentally break down at some point. And so that happened to you. And then I am trying to figure out how you guided yourself through this. Like, how did you even like do the deconstruction of time thing? Because I think I would have probably just like dorked around on my phone and had a glass of wine.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, all
1: right. That's
2: that's fair. And, And by the way, I'm just one person that kind of navigated a combination of sort of self-taught things, academically taught things. Well, and you then,
1: are, you, you're a therapist, right? Yeah. So,
2: you so, so but, some but, of these but, you know, just like any person on the clinical side, we're always better. I mean, every therapist is great at giving advice to everybody else, you know, following it. Oh, that's another thing. And I, I love it. There's someone I follow on LinkedIn and his like bio is like, I'm a therapist in therapy. Um, I'm, I'm on medication or whatever he is. I'm not, but I have no, you know, I have no stigma against that. And, you know, so I'm just a human being and these are my flaws on display here. But, but part of the reason I'm even doing this is because I think we have to start with like re lay crisis in and of itself is something wrong with you. And Mm. we have to take that away because otherwise you just file against it and you don't actually go through it.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, so
2: yeah, so it's like normal, but it's also like accepted. Like this so you is- jumped in. You finally just jumped in. But it wasn't over. A pe- so the other thing is realistic expectations. So it didn't happen in a day or a week or a month. Okay. It took a while. It took a while for me to make changes in my sleeping and eating patterns. And I decided for myself, for, for honestly, it, it's not even a sexy, glamorous or patent pending uh, idea here. <laughs> it was... I just picked one thing a week to mm. change that I thought I could to celebrate because it was the advice I had given all of these other people all along, and I just for whatever reason only knew how to make big goals, mm. big goals go well, towards you've done the big things.
1: So that's big big good. Things,
2: build a business, do another thing, you know. So oh, we're gonna do a scholarship program. I was like five thousand dollars. Can't we give them a whole scholarship? That'll make a difference. So I always went mm. like, bigger, bigger, more. So that, yes, that's my personality. And I was like, why don't I try and just do the opposite? And that's what personality Mm -hmm. is too, right? Like the way you behave, the way you think, and the way you're perceived, right? So I did the opposite of what I had been doing. Because if I want a different result, right, I have to do something differently. So I said, what if I make a small goal? A small Mm -hmm. goal that probably no one in my immediate family or my life would even notice, but I will. And I want to make myself accountable to that goal. Mm. And that's how I started. And there were things for me personally, for me, I'm really, really, really in the hippie zone of the mind-body work thing. So Mm. I'm still very productive. Now I'm doing still many, many things, but I don't feel the swirl and the constant stress because my body feels strong. I don't, Mm. I gave up caffeine. Mm. You know, I get up in the morning and I face the day. And so like all I did, and it's really terrible to say, all I did, was start to kind of practice and live like a truthful, for within myself, like connection to the world that I had advised people from chronic conditions when they were overwhelmed with a terrible diagnosis, for people in a family practice setting, people going through a divorce, you know, whatever mm. that may be, we'd always break it down. That's what we would do, right? How do you how do, you do it? You break it. And so I decided, oh, maybe I should do that for me. Hmm. And part of the thing is honoring those small things all become the you that you are. And that's something that for whatever reason, I deprioritized. I thought only like, you just have to be this self that you need to be and just be that person, just hmm. scrap yourself and tomorrow go out and be that other person. That doesn't work. And, or you can have actually like a schism in your personality, like who am hmm. I? Or am I this fake person at work and this other person and the PTA and this other person with my girlfriends and this other person as a, as a spouse, you know, like, I wanted to kind of bring all those people together to be the one right. person. And I was like, well, who is that? And and honestly, I'm still figuring it out. But what it's brought me with those small changes is deeper connections to people that I have worked with for 20 years. And we didn't hmm. really know each other. I'm realizing, hmm. you know, COVID helped with that because we're projecting into each other's homes People have a catwalk across the screen and, you know, mailman and a barking and a thing. And, and, you know, you start to like let down all the perfectionism, all the expectation of this is that person. And they're so important. And oh my gosh, I'm talking to them. And none of that matters anymore, at least mm. for me, none of it. And so whether I'm talking to a CEO or an intern, it's the same thing for me. Mm. I give them my present self. And I receive what they have to give. And I try to give them something real for myself. And that is, I wish I had a cooler way to say that, but that's part of it. And the small changes got me there, whether they be about impulse control, whether they be about, you know, like say a health benefit thing or having a supplement or for me, uh, you know, I I dealt, I was so brought up with such a strong Western medical bent, Mm -hmm. really getting really into the Eastern stuff but not throwing out the Western and finding a blend for things like, you know, disease treatment, problem solving, you know, everything. And so for me, there were things like meditation that I began Mm. to do, but I also thought for years that that I couldn't meditate. Like that was for other people, even though I suggested it because I would try and all these thoughts would, be in my head and i hear something and i just completely get out and of it. And I thought meditation is like, like this Then that you feel in two minutes and I wasn't there. So it doesn't work for me.
1: Right, right. So
2: one of the things on my let's change this week was meditation. I was like, well, maybe I'll just get some help about it, you know, even though I thought I knew. And that's another thing, you know, we think we know all these things we probably don't. Hmm. And so I went to experts. I went to experts in different kinds of modalities, if you will, whether I be reading about them, watching about them. You know I I I layered my sort of ambition factor to my media type, right? So if I was feeling like I shouldn't want to do this, I don't feel like it. Maybe I'd watch something. <laughs> and sometimes when I had a little more energy, I'd read something, you know. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter however you take it in. But I basically went to experts, you know, people who had studied meditation and then broke break it down into the why, people who studied their n- neurological effects of doing things like meditation and yoga and breathing and all that stuff. And are in the corporate world because I also felt like, well, those are relaxed people that do yoga all day. That's not going to apply to me. Right. And so I had to deconstruct my bias and it took a while. And, you know, my friends and family who were like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) I was becoming a different person. But Mm. I also felt like I'm more me. And, And that's strange. And you might find as you shift some things, like, I don't know, for you, Kat, maybe it's not saying yes to as many things. Or well,
1: and then hmm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just like I said this is like my personal therapy session all of a sudden I'm
2: trying just, not just to surprise <laughs> you you know I don't want to I don't want to make you feel like I'm analyzing like well she's got two pictures there with an equidistant ratio between them. that means she's perfect. no I'm not doing that I'm not I'm not but just just to make it like feel real but you know because everyone's stuff is different yeah but you know you pick a thing or two and then you practice it and the first few times it may or may not, like pushing those comfort zones is 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 awkward. It's scary. Mm. But it's also exhilarating because mm. you're like, I did that. I feel like that about this, you know, being here talking to you about my crime. Oh, you can say but, crap.
1: We, we okay. say asshole, crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I usually do bleep out the F-bomb, but like they happen. All right. You know? No, I can stay within <laughs> <stay> them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wait, 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 before we move on, so small things. So I'm really interested in this because like, kind of like you're saying, like I set like big goals. I'm like, I, okay, I just, I just quit my job. My big girl corporate job. We just had a big exit. I am going to go build the greatest public affairs agency ever known to man. Right. Like that's like my jam. Right. And then, but I, I'm sure I accomplished little things along the way, but I've never started with the small first and it's actually kind of terrifying for me to think about that. Yeah. And so,
2: it, you know, and the thing is, I, you can also knowingly trick yourself and that's hmm. a good thing. I, one of the books that I read that might seem unrelated, but bear with me a moment. It's called you are the placebo. Hmm. And and it's by somebody that in my house, everyone makes fun of because they were like, that's your thing. because I talk about the author because it really <laughs> literally like opened up my mind to something that I knew all along. Mm. I mean, I work in pharma and medicine. I know what placebos are. Right. But I kind of ignored the fact that I would read like in placebo versus, you know, controlled studies versus this many people versus placebo. Mm. But the placebo isn't zero. So, placebo means it's a non-active, inert thing, or at least for for in these in the medical medical world, it's that you put into your body that doesn't actually have the ingredients or mechanism of action like a medicine that you put in your body. Hmm. And these two people take this, and they both get better. Hmm. Like when you really think about that, you're like, wait, but how does that happen? Wild. And then you read. Then I read about placebos in surgical solution people don't have the organ worked on they just have a scar and they get better Mm. now not all of them right but the placebo group some of them effectively have the change without the medicine or the surgical Mm. intervention how can that be and i just started thinking about how the brain because of neuroscience western and really mattering it together and that whole conscious the inner voice healing and the focus and the drive. And like layering those together in the way that doesn't make me like feel like I'm in this. Mm. And I'm still going forward. And some of that is talking to yourself. Like the way the people who took the placebo, whether it was conscious or not, thought they were getting medicine and thought to myself, I'm going to take this and it's going to make me better. Mm. And that was such a powerful thought. They got better. Mm. So if you can do that if that happens all the time by people who don't meditate and don't have training and don't have it really made me think well, what can i do for myself either consciously you know really with effort or at least try and let go of something you know to get there and so those are how i pick the small things
1: yeah yeah well that's a very cool tie-in too just talking about how the placebo effect works i am a little bit i've always been a little bit more on the hippie side so i think that's really interesting and a really good point so you, so you've moved through this you did a lot of the little things sounds like You said it took a long time. You also unwound your business, right? Like what are we talking about here in terms of timeframe?
2: For me, it was about a year. Hmm. I think, you know, a year was symbolic because it has a beginning and an end that's measured by all the people around you. Hmm. It has a beginning and an end that's measured in your taxes. It has a beginning and an
1: end.
2: In a lot of ways, you know, and there are fixed points, but it's, I'm not done. So it's also five years or maybe five more years in Hmm. in terms of like where I want to be. Some of them, they're not the greatest things to admit, but I guess now the filters are all off. Like I'd like to still work on my patience with some people and some things. I still find myself getting to that place where with the children, we talk about like the bubbling up of your Hmm. emotions that can be expressed as anger or frustration or bitchiness or whatever you want to call it. And things just don't bother me in the same way. Because Mm. when I start to feel it, I just literally go, I need a minute. And I'll like either walk away. I may even uh, under my breath, but I pull myself away to like recognize that this is happening and then think, how can I shift this? Is there anything I can do? Because Mm. riling against something that you can't do anything against just makes Mm. everybody upset or you just not the nicest version of yourself. And so I truly truly don't care about some of the shit sorry that's the best word that you that I used to and that was freeing so I still care about being on time neurotically but I don't care about being to everything all the time Mm.
1: does that make sense that does make sense that does make (laughs) sense it's almost like your quality over quantity argument right yeah Yeah. and then
2: for like the eating sleeping thing like I used to almost wear no sleep as a badge of honor for some reason. Mm. Like, do you ever sleep? Nah, whatever. Keep going. Keep going. I'll do this tonight. Well, how about no? How about I am made of flesh and blood and bone and cells that need to recharge. (laughs) And I know this. I know this. So I'm going to hack my sleep. How do I do it? I guess I'm going to have to like put myself... To bed on the schedule. I don't schedules. So like things that I just wouldn't do. I said, let me just try this stuff that other people do and seem to be doing well, and it helps them of mm. all walks of life. So I focused on things like sleep, on commitments, on self, my self talk. All those little things are all part of who you are. I also focused on other concrete, functional things, of course, as well. And I did decided to use some time for you know renewing some certifications and things like that and going towards things that mattered on a career level as well. But really not for anybody else, really mm. not for the financial reward. I just was hoping that it was, if I was putting enough effort into trying to be a little better today than I was yesterday, that stuff will fall into place.
1: Mm. I don't know if that's
2: for everyone, but that's what guided me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And, and so, you know, speaking of moving into new things that you love, so I I know, I know we're moving back into like corporate, corporate life is amazing, right? But you've taken on a role in a startup. Evermore, you're the chief community officer. From what I can tell, there's a lot of feel-good awesome stuff going on there. Is this it was that part of your journey to end up absolutely,
2: there? Absolutely, absolutely. So as I, expl- I explored a couple things. I mean, I, I mm. can tell you what they are, I'll just say explore a couple things that mm. I had sort of had an interesting, you know, that list we talked about, right? Yep, yep, yep. So that list may not even be your list in the end, and that's okay. It's like a brainstorm when everyone says no idea isn't mm. good, right? And even in that, in corporate settings and brainstorm, I would never, sometimes I would sit there and <laughs> I wouldn't have ideas like that. I would really, like, I would maybe shout out 75 things, but, like, all of them were thinking about, like, budget, resources, you know. I really didn't know how to let go. Hmm. Because, God forbid, I was wrong. God forbid right. I was
1: Right? <gasps> <sighs> I'm going to go to a dark space with some candles and work on my list after this. (laughs) You know, like, oh, maybe don't say
2: something stupid or that Mm. people will think is stupid or you don't know what you're talking about or you shouldn't be here. And nope. It's literally the time when there are like toys on the table and I couldn't unwind. Mm. And also I was a teacher, like early, early career wise. And I would tell young people, little kids, you know, like, to be a certain way. And I started to realize that I forgot all those things as an adult. And why? Why? They actually are really useful in the now. So I retired as well Mm. for a little while, which is a controversial thing to say because obviously Mm. that's not an option for a lot of people. For me, I worked so hard that that I could retire for a little Mm. while. And retired for me didn't mean not do anything (laughs) because I still don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah. I thrust my, I, yeah, I thrust myself into volunteerism and activism things, you know, to feel because I was searching for purpose. Right. So I thought, well, let me just try things, put myself out there and then figure out what the next thing will be. Mm-hmm. And so it was nonprofit world really spoke to me. And that's where I landed. And it, and it wound up working with a lot of young people and betterment. Right. So getting a- access, access to money, scholarships mentorship, opportunities, those kinds of things, quite frankly, in a lot of underprivileged communities using my mm. privilege to stand other people up. Right. But it wasn't like, you know, abuse victims like I had been done, trying to do in therapy. This was people who right. just didn't have access and resources. Not that that's not nothing, but just that it was sort of, I could do it without feeling traumatized. I could do it. And in one day see change. Maybe mm. that change was getting more backpacks in a backpack drive from hundred to 500, just by Facebook. And right. writing to friends and saying, you know, hey, I bet everybody can donate a little bit or whatever. And then you're like, oh, if I can do that, you know, like you, I still want to grow it. But I was okay with the small bits and honoring that as mm. each one of those might change someone's life for the better. And that's okay. And that's good. And you've done enough and you can go to bed tonight. It's okay. The yeah. End. yeah. And then the next day, you know, pick another thing. And so the Evermore, you know, not to be too... Evangelical in this moment really spoke to me on so many levels. Mm. And interestingly enough, the founder, Ivy, was someone I worked with before and okay. was respected and liked. And so that's fantastic. But for whatever reason, you know, the algorithms of social media, I actually hadn't noticed what she had been working on and posting on, you know, LinkedIn and even, you know, Facebook, other channels, Insta, whatever. Because I wasn't on them that much and or I still try not to spend too much time there. It's sort of a necessary evil, but not too much. But some other folks that I respected and had actually done other type of investment things with in the space, our advisors were involved and were like, hey, you know, just reached out and said, have you seen this? Because I think you'd you'd really be interested. It was Mm. initially from an investment perspective. And I did. And I was just like... I felt that feeling and this is probably a terrible analogy and this is being recorded, but this is the first thing that comes to mind. Like a first crush. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That feeling when you're like, <gasps> yeah,
0: like that, like that feels I, good.
2: Yeah. And it was also uncomfortable. Mm. I completely felt insecure and like, I don't feel this. This is weird. I like felt my body like wiggling while I'm talking to Ivy. Like, I'm feeling really excited, but I'm also freaked out. And is this normal? And I don't know what to say and don't say too much because she's going to be like, who are you weirdo? I don't, haven't seen you in a little while and you're being really strange. Like I had all that, like I completely reduced to like a a gelatinous, goofy Mm. idiot in my head, in my head, because I was like, (sighs) and for me, it was really this simple because Evermore is sort of like the Lexus nexus of Mm. wellness, betterment, youth and tech. Those are all things that were really important to me. I'm not a tech master, but I'm always tech adjacent. I find it fascinating. I want to know enough to know how to leverage, harness, partner, borrow, beg, steal, whatever, to get to where we need to go. And tech is just really an enablement tool for that, especially with AI and mind tech. I wanted to connect with something that was built by people that I respect and their motivations. And and again, this sounds like a Hallmark card, but I, I hope it's received you know, by your viewers as as genuine, you know, without the monetary drive forward. So like all the things Ivy was sharing with me about the creation and her mission and vision in terms of empathy AI, in terms of ethical standards for how the AI is used Mm. and the data is used as the priorities. And this wasn't even in the app store yet, right? So all the things that were very important to her really spoke to me. And then was the magic of what she had built. So for me, it was just like, I want to be a part of this. I don't want to just invest in this. Like, what can I do? So I thought in that blubbery moment, I was like, do you run an intern program? Because it was spring and, you know, for thinking ahead to summer. And she said, you know, no, we had, they had, she had gone through an incubator. They had a lot of youth advisors. They had had series of programs, but they didn't have one right then. I said because I have access to a lot of young people from the nonprofits that I work on. From mm. My own house, no, <laughs> a little bit of crowded driveway right now. So, um, so I said, uh, you know, maybe I could do that. You know, get them together as I get to know this this platform, this app, this tool for betterment. Maybe I could, you know, connect you because I have access to a lot of young people and and see how we use them as advisors. And she was like, "Wow, that would be wonderful, great." So obviously that kind of started to take off. I got more entrenched. And then I basically kept asking like, oh, would you like help with that? Or would you like to connect me here? And so until she said like, do you want to, you know, join me? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, and for those of you who don't know, I am not shy. I'm probably the opposite of shy. I'm learning. (laughs) So so it was very strange. <laughs> learning how to be oh, shy, well, oh. you know, like to approach something with a sensitivity to I don't mm. know what I'm doing, I don't know how I'm being received, I don't know if this is the right thing, and I want to proceed cautiously. And it and it was so strange, but so wonderful. Mm. And she just kept smiling at me and saying that would be wonderful. And this is a discerning person who is brilliant. And I essentially got to connect with the advisors who all, you know, many of them are top 20 in their fields, multiple doctorates. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like the love of this group, you know, and Mm. um, you know, it was, it was a little intimidating, but at the same time, so welcoming everyone Mm -hmm. there was about betterment of others in some fashion. Right. So that's really how I, I got here. And so Titles like CMO or COO or whatever—I think the title changed three times. You know, they're necessary evil too. It's like the social media feeling, but because then people understand that, you know, um, right, other right. organizations, investors, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, it really means making sure this brand, this product—it's an app. Should I say what it is? I don't want to be. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us what it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I'm really proud of it too, actually. Like in oh, terms well, of, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, we're going to change the world. But like, I, I do, I feel like it. It's essentially taking away all of the pretense from the Instagram influencer set, if you will, hmm. getting rid of all of that. Hmm. In fact, we're, it's a Netflix special, which I would love everyone to check out called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you saw it. And Evermore is actually featured as one of, you know, tech for good, one of the good guys you know, the founders in Facebook and, and Insta and All that go on there and talk about how essentially what they initially envisioned or what was created is basically hurting people more than mm. them, right? So right. young people in particular, you must've seen the news about, you know, suicide and all the, all the stuff that's on the rise. And why? Well, even before COVID, but COVID has exacerbated this isolation, the judgment, the putting the you that you are, you know, on display and you know, all of that is what is now like their daily life and not like, hey, let's just go meet for pizza and talk, you know, right. down the street. And and the, there's all this pretense and, and all this like self-focus, right? How you look and the filters and all that. And not everyone looks the same and not everyone's comfortable in their skin and not everyone wants to talk about themselves all the time and not everyone wants to share this and that and not everyone has the means to buy this and that that is the cool thing and feels mm-hmm. less than Not everyone has a family that supports the them that they are inside. You know what I'm trying to say? So there's all those layers. And what does social media do for that? And mostly people, when they are vulnerable, there's a lot of attacks that happen to people who share their true self. So we want, so she wanted, Ivy had this vision to create, you know, a space where that was all put away. Hmm. And so ultimately at its essence, Evermore is a tool to unlock your superhero within. I love that. Yeah. And really it was designed for, you know, youth, 15 to 25, Gen, Gen Z. It's powered by AI, a very, very amazing, cool, cool tool, an empathy AI empowered tool that you can talk to like a, like a journal and go through quests. You go on these missions, you these quests to unlock all of these talents that are within you. It's all hmm. within yourself. It's not about showing off. It's about working on things that you want to work on whether there's strengths whether there is issues or traumas or challenges and you you know you're you're guided and it's a combination of of you know interactive ai and humans there's a lot of psych mm-hmm. underneath built as a platform okay we were looking to measure anxiety and depression lowering effectiveness as well but it's not supposed to be therapy or feel like therapy and that's the best part you know it's built with game theory in mind it's exciting it's cool it's interesting and you Unbundle all of the labels that maybe you felt were put on you, and hopefully you get to a better place, right? But that's just one piece. The other piece is the social sharing, and what you do is you can invite people that you know or that you don't know, and num on a number of different levers. So, like instead of like I think I'm cute and I have this red car and you want to look at it, it's more like Hey, I struggled with a really bad breakup. Is anyone out there like open to talking about that too? Mm-hmm. Or you know, I'm struggling with my gender identity. Is there anyone out there I can talk to about that in private? You know, and you can choose what bits of the you that you are or the you that you're trying to be. You want to connect with other people to kind of find a common ground, to be less isolated, to be less alone Mm -hmm. and have it be authentic. And you can adjust your permissions over every single thing that you, that you say and want to share. That's I mean, awesome. so that's the gist of it. That's there's more to it. it there's a mentor network, you know. There's a mentor aspect about it, so that as these young people are thinking about career and transitions, that they have people that have done it in that area or field to give them a little bit of a positive influence, to help guide them. Maybe that you know there is a way. You know, they can be non-traditional things. We can. It can be about gaming. It can be about you know other things instead of just like well lawyer doctor. Although lawyer doctor is good too. It's not saying that, you know, you don't, if you want that career, that's fantastic. You know, this is not saying that everyone has to become a hippie tomorrow. It's just unbundling the labels that we've all given ourselves or society has given ourselves. And the thing that's so interesting is that I'm quite a bit older than these young people. And I feel like we're on the journey together. And that at first I was embarrassed and now I embrace it.
1: Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that you found something that seems like it really combines a lot of your background and then like as you've gone through this journey, it's it's super cool. And what I love about this whole interview, Natanya, is that again, this is my personal therapy session that we're now going to broadcast to all these people on the LinkedIn, but you know, a lot of a lot of people like us, right, where you're setting a goal and you achieve it, right? And you get successful, boom. And it's kind of like it's the what next, right? You've never really planned for what, what you really want to do. And I, I feel like it's something not a lot of us talk about. And we have so many episodes about how to get there, right? How to get to the top and how to negotiate for your salary and how to, you know, do this and that. Which, and which is, matter. which
2: we, you it's know, which you still, you still need, you still need.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, speaking who's speaking from my own side. Like it, it it's you're almost short sighted, right? So this, I think this is awesome because it does talk about like, hey, there is life after, right? There's life after, and there's always time. I think that's another thing. I have I have a friend who really wants to be a therapist, right? She's stuck in PR land. Rapid, like my amazingly successful woman, but she's like. I just don't have time to go back to school. I'm almost 50, right? And so it's like, it's like, oh, what did we miss? And like, what are we, how are we holding? And there's not on
2: only path? one path, you know, I did some of that too, because I looked at some of the recertifications and I was like, that's too long.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I
2: wound up and found some other ones. And, you know, the reality is if, like, what's her goal? Do you want to make sure you can take insurance? then you have to have these kinds of things. If you want to have a practice and just talk with people and maybe charge a little less or work in a different way, well, then you can actually do a smaller program. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are things you can kind of do. There's not just one path forward. And the end might not look like what you think it did. And that's okay too. But I, I also want to take a moment to recognize you, Kat. You know, because what you're doing is helping be an inspiration for other women, helping women people be inspirations for each other. And that's basically like we're the strongest when we cheer each other on. And I think that's that is another the thing mm-hmm. that like gets pushed to the wayside. And even we experienced when you are a driven person, you don't you really, really know how to be a
1: teammate. That is true. That no that's that's totally true. And I think that um you know it, I mean you this- think you are. But you are. You (laughs) think because you're because you're crushing it. Hashtag crushing it, right? You're just like you know. You're dominating, and everybody loves you. And so, when you do end up in a situation like Natalia and I were in, where you both have competing interests, like you know, yeah, yeah. But to like to
2: be able to step back and be like, that's not the whole of the person, and the whole of the person to bring that into the boardroom to bring that into a, mul- you know, like a $20 million on the table investment call, you know? And everyone's like, how are you so relaxed? I'm like, cause I'm relaxed now. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I'm not perfect. If I step on something, I'm going to go, you know, like stuff happens, yeah. <laughs> I'm still human. But the things that used to make me less open to the energy, the inputs of others, even though I thought I was, you know, but but really truly take it in and Mm reexamine my own views. The sense of what achievement is has changed, all of that. And that doesn't mean that the tools and the tasks around being able to negotiate, you know, a viable fair wage or or increase for yourself, you know, there are so many things, they all matter. They do. But I think everyone may be at a different place. And I think when you're not in the place, when you hear that voice in your head, tell you that like, you're doing it wrong or you're not good enough or this isn't right or you're going to fail or you don't belong to find the strength to take a step back and say, okay, I'm not a piece of crap, but something's not working here. And if that's my daily self-talk, what kind of life is that? And that's what it is. Like not being afraid to be in the wrong channel, in the wrong track that I said that before, but it's like, it really is that simple when you're a high achiever. I think when you're starting out, it's a little bit more about don't be you're afraid of the wrong choice. So like every life stage is a little bit different in how it manifests, but all of it is like stepping into the void
1: when you're everything is telling you don't go there. (laughs) Right, 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 right. That's scary. Well, yeah, I totally agree. And I also think they're, you know, back to, you know, being open and kind of figuring out around you and being supportive of each other. I think that, you know, so this is, this is not my true podcast, right? I just, I just help out Joy and everybody from Hit Like a Girl. And I think that's actually had a really big impact on me too. Like hearing what other people's experiences have been saying like, oh, like you've had the same issues or just even like conversations like this, like, oh, wow. Like, wow, people, people have a lot going on and just having some empathy for that and learning from each other, I think is a big deal. So yeah, so I appreciate I appreciate all your time, Natanya. Anything else? So I feel like we've talked about basically the whole universe on this podcast and we've talked about little things and big things and all the things at once. And if we could leave everyone with just like one next step, if for anyone that's feeling this way or trying to figure out how to make themselves better and, and get to a place where they're really content and happy, what, what would you suggest? I feel like that's kind of a loaded question. No, that's okay.
2: So I don't know if this is as profound as I would like it, but this is unscripted. So I'd say I focus on the three C's. You know, C is for cookie because I like cookies, but not about that. <laughs> choices, changes, and chances. Or maybe choices, chances, and changes. I don't know. So, you know, you... the way, choices first. <laughs> yeah. Happiness is a choice. Success is a choice in some ways because who value system are you using? So for Mm -hmm. your own self, it's your choice, right? So you have to make that choice to take the chance if you want anything in your life to change. And it's probably going to feel horrible and scary. Lean on the experts and people you trust. That's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. Tell yourself that until you believe it. (laughs) I actually have
1: uh, one wise mentor who tells me that all the time. You don't have to be good at everything.
2: (laughs) Well, it sounds silly, but if you've been told that a lot, the first reaction is, yes, I do. If you're really being honest with yourself, isn't that yeah. what you
1: think? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I better go figure that out. I better go like figure that Like, out- you know
2: you don't say it out loud because you know that person is trying to help you. Yeah, you just say, yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> so
2: it, it basically, you know, I learned we we're going to stop apologizing for our feelings, right? We're going to have some firm boundaries. Like there's some constructive borders that anyone at any time who's overextended can do. Hmm. You know, mean you make some different choices. You, you try some change changes because it's not going to change unless you do something change change impact level type of stuff and take that chance. Hmm. Take breaks. It's okay. You're not weak. You're not a failure. Get your like the corny basic stuff. Get some more sleep. Drink the more fluids. What you put in your body and it is still cookie sometimes, but generally. Healthy first, not about calories. I don't worry about calories or salads or whatever. Remember, everyone's like, "Oh, you go to the gym." And I'm like, "No, I dance around because I don't like that." You know, find things that you like to do, whether it's your career, your personal wellness, whatever. Start with that short list and then explore it. That may not have anything to do with where you end up, but even letting yourself dream, go to the brainstorm and follow the rules. The number one is don't be shackled and actually do it. And for some of you at least for myself i had to start in a very private way because it was terrifying i felt like a fraud i felt like a fraud everyone thinks i'm so together and i feel like what the hell am i doing so that Ah. was the first step to like let go of that guilt and feeling and worry take a chance make a choice
0: make a change i love it and then maybe have a cookie because that's maybe the fourth (laughs) seat Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon.